you were the beginning and the end. Of your government there shall be no end. Lord, you are a mighty warrior. You are a great father. You forgive all our iniquities and cast all our sins to the depth of forgetfulness. We glorify your name for there is no God like you. There is none like unto you, our Father. You are a covenant-keeping God, a promise-fulfilling Father. Lord, this hour we shall be the glorified. Be thou honor, be thou exalted, be thou magnified in the name of Jesus. We thank you, we worship you, and we honor you as we pray and worship in Jesus Christ's mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. You're welcome the name of God, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and believe the Lord is here with us, and the Holy Spirit is the teacher, even as we have a continuing conversation that we started on Sunday, on the prophetic utterance of God that says to us, be fruitful, be fruitful, this as we said last Sunday, is the first blessing that the law pronounced on humanity when he created life. He said, be fruitful. So everything that God has given life to, he has also commanded to be fruitful. And if there is anything we know in the book of Genesis, when God was creating the heavens and the earth, everything he said be came to be. Let there be light. And there was light. There's no controversy about anything that God says, be or let there be. And when he created human beings, he said, be fruitful. And when I look it up, the word be fruitful can also mean be prolific, be successful. That's what God said to us. Be successful, be abundant. Be rewarding. All those words God commanded unto us as he created us. And we're going to be trusting God that that is what we will be. We will be fruitful. We will be rewarding unto him, unto our generation, unto our family. We will be successful. In everything that we lay our hands on to do, according to his word, we will be profitable. We will be productive. According to his word, we will be rich, we will be fertile. All these are the synonyms of be fruitful. And God, when he said it, meant it. So, and as we discussed last Sunday, we talked about the fact that this word, if we we'll go back to the book of Genesis and look at it, we will see that God's intention was articulated in his creative work. In Genesis 
chapter 1 from beginning from verse 26, when he said, let us make man in our image. And in verse 28, that he pronounced the word, be successful, be fruitful, have dominion, prosper, multiply. The moment he pronounced that, it went into effect. And we know that in chapter number 2, after the whole blessings towards the end of chapter number 1, what God did afterwards was to create a garden. The Bible said he created a garden in Eden. And he placed the man that he has made, that he has pronounced fruitfulness, success, until he placed that man in the garden. And so, which means, in the mind of God, when he says, be fruitful, he wanted the man he has created to do something. God has already pronounced into creation the plants, the seed bearing fruit. And all of those things were already pronounced. But the Bible said he created the garden and he placed the man there and he said, walk the land. So, in that we notice that at least there is a component of work that is required to be fruitful, to be successful. There is a physical component which requires for us to carry that word that God has prophesied and to walk in the garden that he has placed us. And we said, if we don't do nothing, then there will be no fruitfulness. So there is the component of work. And that will be attributed to anything we do outside of the family. We'll come back to the family in a minute. So the garden represents anything outside of the home. It could be our business. It could be our career. It could be our vocation. That's what the garden represents. God knew that we're going to interact with the outside world because that is his intention. In Genesis 1.26, he said, we will reflect his nature on the earth. So he knows that we're going to be responsible for the earth. And as a result of that, he created the garden, which is in our contemporary world will be our business, our work, our vocation, whatever we do, that's the niche he has given unto us. That's the garden. But he went ahead and he said, it is not good for this man to be alone. He created a family. He made a woman and established a family. Those are the two things God did in the book of Genesis. So which means the prophetic utterance that came in Genesis chapter 1 verse 26 was supposed to lash on to the family and to the work. So God expected that we will be fruitful in the family and we will be fruitful in everything we do in our businesses. That was the creation. Amen? And so we said that those are the two areas that God established. And every human being, we have these two components. There's no man born on earth that did not come from a family. 
And every man born on earth will have one vocation or the other. They have a garden. There is no man on earth that don't have a garden. The thief, they have a garden. Stealing. Yeah. As bad as that is. Because they're stealing outside. They're not doing it inside. It's outside of the family. You will hardly see a thief that will be stealing the house. Now they go outside. It may start from the house. <laughs> but the actual profession is the garden is going to be outside. Hallelujah. <laughs> so, without any altar of doubt, we see that in the creative work of God, he articulated those two components. And the word be fruitful was upon those two components. So we'll be fruitful in our family and we'll be fruitful in our vocation, in our job, in everything else we do outside of the family. So we proceeded to look at some other things that we know for a fact that God wanted us to be fruitful. And that's what we saw in the book of Genesis when he pronounced that word. But if we come to the New Testament in the book of uh, John chapter 15, we also see the evidence that God wants us to be fruitful. And I want to read that one. John chapter 15. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 through 28, we already see that. He pronounced it. Be fruitful. And everything that comes out of the mouth of God, I take very serious. That's one thing, uh, uh, you know, I don't take any word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. I don't take it for granted. I will stay with it. I latch on it. I keep asking questions about it until I see something come to pass. Amen? So in, in, in John chapter 15, we see an evidence even in the New Testament. So it wasn't in the Old Testament alone. In the New Testament, in John chapter 15, the Bible said, starting from verse 1, I am the true vine, and my father is the husband man. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth. He purgeth it. Where am I reading King James? Okay, let's just go on. <laughs> because uh, it's very difficult for me to read King James Version. <laughs> Amen. Okay, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered, and men gather them, and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. I mean, pay attention to that. I know we ask several things we don't get. Is God a liar? Absolutely not. 
We just need to take him seriously. Amen? But this is the one that I want us to pay attention to. He said, Herein is my father glorified that ye bear much fruit. So shall ye be my disciples. God is so vested in our success, in our fruitfulness, in our being rewarding, in our being prolific, in our being fulfilling, rich, that he said, this is how I will be glorified when you are fruitful, when you are successful. That's how I'm going to be glorified. That's how much investment God has poured into that prophecy. So there is no doubt that God is more interested in our success than we can even imagine or fathom. Amen? So the evidence is there. So his glory is actually tied onto our success. His glory is actually tied onto us being fruitful in our family and in our vocation. Amen? So, which means there is absolutely no reason why we should not. And that's why we saw how the disdain of God towards unfruitfulness, towards his children not being successful, towards his children not being prolific, not being rewarding. God doesn't want that. Why? Again, because it is in our success that he is being glorified. So when we are not successful, we are robbing God of his glory. And that's why Jesus was so, so displeased with unfruitfulness that he placed a curse on a fig tree that will not bear fruit. It was for our example to show that God has invested too much not to get his glory because his glory is tied onto our fruitfulness. Unto our success. Amen? So, we have to, you know, wrap this around our mind so that there will be no iota of doubt left in our mind as to what God's interest is. God has put everything in place the day he said, be fruitful. And so, that should be a confidence for me, in anything I do in my family, in anything I do at my vocation, I don't have any doubt about success. I can't even fathom thinking about not to be successful. No, it's impossible. Why? Because he has created us for his glory. And he said it is in my success that his name is glorified. And so that kind of gives me energy. It gives me strength, knowing fully well that anything I lay my hands on is going to succeed. Because it's going to bring forth praise and glory unto God. So it's no longer about me. It is completely and totally about his glory. Amen? And so this will manifest both in our family and in our vocation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
I'm just trying to do a recap so that we can either look at some questions or look at more examples. So, um, we saw in the book of uh, John 15 that we just read that to be fruitful and to be successful, there are two methodologies or two processes that God has also placed on us or requirements, if you will. We are to be successful in our family. We are to be successful outside of the family. So which means anything we do, wherever we go, we are a success. Just walking around the earth. That's what God created. I don't see anyone that can argue with that, except if we're just ignorant. So, but there are two things that God has also designed for us to be successful, for us to manifest that prophecy. See, the Bible said every prophecy of the scripture, they are not subject to man's interpretation. Okay? So that word came out of the mouth of God. It cannot return back to him void. So God has also placed two things that we're supposed to do in order for this word to manifest. There is the spiritual component and there is the physical component. And like I said on Sunday, we are doing a lot on the spiritual, even though there is still much to be done. But it looks as if in Christianity, over the ages that I've known Jesus, very little has been done on the physical, either because of ignorance or because we're just super, super spiritual, so heavenly conscious and earthly useless. Amen? But God, in his creative work, we saw he defined it. After he said be fruitful, the first thing he did was the physical. He created a garden. And the Bible said he placed the man there to work. Physical activity that we create that success that he prophesied. Adam was going to work and do some physical activity in order to bring success. And that success would translate to God's glory. That was the design. And the same thing on the family side. So there was the physical and there was the spiritual. The spiritual, you see, the Bible said, on the cool of the day, God will come down to the garden and fellowship with Adam. So the spiritual component is the relationship with God that must be taken care of. And the physical aspect is the physical work, the earthly thing that God wants us to do. And that's what he used the garden to represent. And so, if we will not do either of, I mean, if we will not do both, is going to impact negatively on our fruitfulness, on our success, on our richness. We have to do both. Amen? Amen. And so what God intended was, 
on the spiritual side, we get born again. We have a relationship with God. But that's not enough. He said we should add to our basic faith character. And we'll read that shortly. There are some things that we need to do on the spiritual side so that after we became born again, there is need to build character. If, again, we're going to manifest this success that has been prophesied unto us, both in our family and in our business life. Character. And there are a list of other things that were listed on the, the spiritual. I think we can just read through that quickly so we get it out of the way. If you, if you read from the book of Second Peter chapter 1, Second Peter chapter 1, and um, I will just read that. You can start from beginning, from the beginning, but I'm going to read from verse number 5. Well, let me start from verse 3. Everything that goes into a life of pleasing God has been miraculously given to us by getting to know personally and intimately the one who invited us to God. The best invitation we ever received we were also given absolutely terrific promises to pass on to you your ticket to participation in the life of God. After you turn your back on the word in the word of corrupted, a word corrupted by loss. Verse 5 is where I'm going. So don't lose a minute in building on what you've been given, complementing your basic faith with good character. Those are the things we have to do in the spiritual side. Spiritual understanding, we have to learn. We have to study. We have to learn Jesus. We can't just be born again and expect success to happen. No. It's going to take more than that. That prophecy demands that we have good character, we have spiritual understanding, we have a lot of discipline, passionate patience, reverent wonder, Warm friendliness and generous love. And look at what he says. He said, each dimension fitting into and developing the others. All of this has to be in us. Which, with this quality active and growing in your lives, no grass will grow under your feet. No day will pass without its reward. As you mature in your experience of our Lord, our Master Jesus. Without these qualities, you can't see what's right before you. Oblivious that your old sinful life has been wiped off the book. The King James Version says, with, that, with all this quality in you, you will never be unfruitful or barren. So in order to be fruitful, in order to manifest that prophecy, God is saying on the spiritual side, add all these things to your basic faith. Don't be content with just being born again. Add character. Love to learn Jesus. Understanding. Amen? And let me just jump from there and go to the other side, which is the physical. I think that's the area where I think we have not done much. Um... And um, 
I'm just going to mention that quickly and we'll probably round off. So on the physical side, we saw that in the garden, we saw that God created, there are several scriptures that we can read in terms of all these ones that are listed. And I'm expecting that we will go ahead and do due diligence in just doing that. How, how do we build character? How do we add character to our basic faith? I mean, a very good, good place to start would be John, I mean, uh, Matthew chapter 5. That would be a great place to start if you want to begin to build character. Amen? Amen? I mean, Luke chapter 3 from verse 1 through 15, you can read there as well. You know, it said, bring forth therefore fruit worthy of repentance and begin not to say within yourself, we have Abraham as unto our father. For I say unto thee that God is able to raise, to able to, God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. For a good tree bringeth forth, Luke chapter 6, 43, for a good, a good tree bringeth forth not, uh, bringeth not forth corrupt fruit, neither does a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. So there are several scriptures, but I want to, I want to read um, Luke chapter 13. Luke chapter 13. So there is physical responsibility that God expects from us as well as spiritual responsibility if the prophetic utterance of being fruitful is going to materialize in our life. And on the physical, just let's see this example in Luke chapter 13 verse, verse 6. He spake also this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard and he came and sought fruit thereon and found none. Then said he unto the dresser of his vineyard, Behold, these three years I come seeking fruit on this fig tree and find none. Cut it down. Why cumbered it the ground? Unfruitfulness is just not friendly with the heavens. God does not want unfruitfulness. Again, keep in mind why. Because it is in fruitfulness that his name is glorified. And so every time there is no fruit, every time there is no success, Every time there is no richness, there is no fertility. Every time there is no fruit, God's glory is at stake. So he is not in any way expecting to see unfruitfulness. He doesn't want to see it. Amen? So in this story, the man said, cut it, cut it down. Why is it, why cumbered it the ground? And he answering, the dresser now answering, said unto him, Lord, let it alone this year also, till I shall dig about it and dung it. And if it bear fruit, well. And if not, then after that, thou shalt cut it down. Physical activity. After prayer and fasting, after everything, there is a physical element. The earth must agree with the heavens. That's why God created the garden. So this man right here said, you know what? There is more to be done. I need to add diligence before I can allow you to cut down this tree. So in order for fruitfulness to come, there is need to dig deeper. And there is need to dunk the soil for this tree. Amen? That was what that was trying to illustrate to us. But bring it home. You know, to what we do, where we can actually relate, like I mentioned on Sunday. If, if we're going to be successful as God has 
said to us, in our families and in our places of work, our vocation, there is need for us to add diligence to work. Just like we're adding to our basic faith, character on the spiritual side, and all of those things, God is expecting for us on the physical side to add diligence. Because if we are doing just the bare minimum, it's not going to cut it. It will not work with this prophecy. Amen? And the scripture is all about this. I mean, we have a lot of, you know, examples that we can give. But we see, um, like we read in Second Thessalonians chapter 3 uh, on Sunday, the apostles. The apostles, we see what, what, what they said concerning work. How that they have to be diligent. Um, I don't think we, we can go, I mean, I, I'll just, just read, just, um, he said, we didn't sit around, that's Second Thessalonians, you can start from uh, chapter 3 from verse uh, 6, um, when you have the chance, but I'm just, just going to pick this one sentence, he said, we didn't sit around on our hands, expecting others to take care of us, in fact, we walked our fingers to the bone, up half the night, moonlighting, so you don't be burdened. We're taking care of us. Amen? These are the apostles that really saw Jesus. They were diligent. In spite of all the spiritual anointing and whatsoever it is that they had, they had to be diligent. They added diligence to their work. They said, we walk up to our bones. And so, as Christians, we cannot afford to be lazy and expect this prophecy of success to work. I'm disgusted when I hear preachers granting or giving Kool-Aid to, to believers, presenting messages as though we can sit down and expect manna from heaven. Does God bless? Absolutely. Can God do such kind of miracle? Yes. But God expects us to be diligent. We have to be diligent, again, because we are working with him and we are working for him. And it is all for his glory. Amen? And so it is very imperative that we understand that Proverbs 22 verse 29 is one of my favorites. It says, Seest thou a man diligent in his business? He shall stand before kings. He shall not stand before me, men. Amen? Proverbs 10, 4 says, Slot makes you poor. Diligence brings wealth. And Proverbs 12, 24 says, The hand of the diligent shall be a rule. Remember, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 through 28, one of the, one of the prophetic utterance was to take charge. To take charge. To take charge. Take, have dominion. The Bible is saying it is only the hands of the diligent that will be able to bear rule. And so every word that God prophesied to us, we need to check what should I do. And that's one of the things that I love about, you know, um, some of the earliest Christians. When they hear the word of God, the Bible will say, and it caught them to their heart, and they were pricked in their heart, and the next thing is, what shall we do? What shall we do? Because they understand that God is expecting a response. So, what shall we do? 
So diligence is expected in order for us to manifest this fruitfulness that God has destined for us. You know, so in, in terms of on our business sector, on our business side, in the work side, we need to apply diligence. We want to cultivate the attitude of doing beyond bare minimum. Bare minimum cannot cut it. It's not going to allow us to manifest this prophecy of God. It is when we add diligence to what we do that God will manifest his word just as he has promised. Amen? And there are several things. There are several examples. For example, someone is looking for a wife and praying and fasting and praying and fasting, but we never go to any occasion. No party. We never have a Facebook account where you can be visible. Um, and even if you have a Facebook account, you hide your relationship. Right? Whether you like it or not, the internet is a global village. It's the new norm. That's where people connect. So if I'm looking for a wife, and I'm praying and fasting, and nobody knew I'm single, guess what? I am not adding diligence. I am focused on the spiritual, but I'm not doing anything on the physical. It's not going to bring the fruitfulness that God is calling us unto. I'm looking for a job. I'm not social networking. I'm not posting my resume. I'm just sitting down and thinking someone is going to call me because I'm a Christian. And I'm quoting favor. I'm quoting all kinds of scriptures. No. Yeah. Right. God did not create us that way. We have to go back to Genesis and see how he did it. It was the spiritual and the physical. And that's what the prophecy was supposed to do. And I've seen several things. So I, I, I guess, and, and one of the things that I'm trusting God for, you know, as a church, as an organization, is that we will begin to think back and see how God created us, how God created the word and begin to apply that even in the ministry. We have several, several spiritual activities, but where are the physical? Where are the physical work? Where are the guardian activity? Right? Who is telling, for example, the young people today, you know, how to choose a career? How many times do we have career guidance or counseling? So, we cannot do one and leave the other. I guess that's the point. We have to do both. So when we have in Bible study, we should have seminar. So it should not, for example, Wednesday should not be only for Bible studies. That's just the spiritual. Let's do both. Let's do physical. Let's do some other activities that are on the physical side as we're, you know, gathering as a congregation. Otherwise, we're deviating from the creation activity. The creation is a model. And so we have been doing a lot on the spiritual. We need to do more on the physical. And we see it over and over and over again. I mean, there are several things that we need to do in the garden side, on the garden side, on the physical side, while we pray and fast and, and add to our basic faith on the spiritual side, our character and learn, you know, how to be patient you know, how to be friendly, right? 
how to be loving, those things God said we should add to our basic faith. But he also expects us to add diligence, diligence unto the work that we do. Amen? Do we have any question? Do we have any question? Yes, please. Yes, ma'am. In Genesis 28. One. Genesis 1, chapter 1, verse 28. Mm-hmm. It says, let us yes. make man in Let us make man. God. Okay. Well, God, God is a tripartite God. At that point, we, we, the Bible made us to understand there are three that bears record in heaven. God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So he was referring to us there because there was God the Father, there was God the Son, and there was God the Holy Spirit. And the Bible said they are one. They are one. Example is an egg. Okay? One egg. There is a yolk, there is a shell, and there is a white. There are not three gods. The one God. Okay? So the egg is the most simplest example of that. So it's just one egg. And there's shell, there's a yolk, and you can't say there are three eggs. There are not three eggs. It's just one egg, but it has three dimensions. So that's what he was referring to. Oh, absolutely, from before the foundation of the earth. Yes, and we were existing in him before the foundation of the earth. Amen? Any other question? All right. So the sure. We should be doing more creative activities on Wednesdays. Uh, As a as a body. Yes. I mean, talking about work fun now, because we pray a lot. We do fast. Yeah. We we have fellowship. Yeah. And then we have the, the Wednesdays should not just be continuous Bible study. Maybe for calendar 2018, yeah. this is food for thought. Yes, For I 2018, agree. perhaps as a body, we need to strategize and structure some of the refueling yeah. on Wednesday should actually be maybe career-oriented. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is the marketplace? Yeah. What is available? What can we do? And all the like, yeah. or maybe t- showing the youth career patterns because mm-hmm. many of the, especially the boys, everybody wants to be Steve, yeah. Stephen Curry, or Stephen yeah. Curry, and make yeah. a million playing basketball. Mm-hmm. Or everybody wants to be a, a quarterback. Yeah. So we need to, especially our boys. Yes. We need to focus on reorienting them. Absolutely. Sport is not the only way for success in America. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's, that's the key, and that's my prayer, um, you know, that, again, it's, 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 it's going to be, I think the church is, um, you know, the church is a family. So, it's going to be a collective activity wherein we all bring our giftings. So, this is the garden ministry, right? We bring in our giftings. Whatsoever we do, we, uh, we see it as um, part of the things that God will want us to add um, is diligence, and so as a result, that we're trying to bring the physical activities also um, to commingle with the spiritual activities that God has called us into. And so, as we do that, 
I believe that we will be walking according to the pattern that God has created from the Garden of Eden. And that's, that's my vision, and that's my, um, you know, that's the, the key for this, um, you know, is that we're looking at the creative design of God. Um, if God was to be content with the relationship with Adam, he would not create the garden. If all he wanted was just that relationship, no. But because true success, many more will come unto him. So he created the garden. So a greater part of God's expanding his kingdom on earth was strategically planned around the, the, the family and our vocation. Right? Because those are the two phases in which we interact and where we can actually be fruitful. And so that word prophecy is for, those, for both sides. And so but we do alert as a church, as a congregation, um, as Christians, at least from my perspective, on the spiritual, even though there is still, you know, there is still a lot we can do there, but we neglect the physical. And you can see it in the life of believers where they pray and fast. For example, somebody wants a child and they're praying and fasting 24-7. They're in church and they're not doing the work at home. How is that going to happen? It's not going to happen. You know? And there are several things that we can learn. You know? And so those are some of the things that I'm trusting God that we can, um, we can add to the spiritual activities in our gathering. Okay? I mean, for an example, there are so much I learned while we were waiting for Abigail. I have to learn everything about a woman, right? I have to learn. That was the time I knew that, you know, God has created women with limited number of eggs, right? Where are the seminars to teach our young people today those kind of things so that they can plan accordingly, right? But we pray and fast, we do nothing about the physical side. Amen? So I, I want us to rise and just talk to God and pray to God um, to be fruitful and to be successful both in our family life and in our business life is God's business. It's something that God is uniquely interested in. And I just want to thank God. I want us to thank God for that, that we are successful. We are successful. We are rich. We are prolific. We are rewarding unto him as we're hearing his word that we take heed. We add to our basic faith character. We add godliness. We add understanding, learning. We add all those things.